Hey, welcome back to the Connecting Minds podcast. Christian, Yor- Christian Yorinov here. Today, we have returning guest, Chris Matthew. Thanks for coming back, Chris. Hey, Christian. Thank you so much for having me back. It's good to see you again. Yeah, man. Uh, tell us tell us about your adventure. So you were in Louisiana doing some filming for your documentary, right? Yeah, I've been I've been wanting to do this for a long time. It's really going to be a docu-series, just an ongoing thing that I'm going to be doing. And it, it's going to be basically about me traveling and covering the topics that I talk about on Forbidden Knowledge News, inter- interviewing fascinating people, witnesses, experiencers, authors, researchers, and integrating some new interviews with some old interviews and footage from around the United States. I made my first trip for the first episode. First episode is going to be a two-parter. It's huge. It's got so much going into it. I made a trip uh, down to South Louisiana. It's going to be basically um, an integration or mix of my origin story how I got where I am, I'm going to be, I interviewed some childhood friends. We've got some great old footage of me playing in punk rock bands and stuff. (laughs) And then we're going to integrate my journey into forbidden knowledge news and some of the high strangeness in the hometown and state that I grew up in, in Louisiana. And I spent some, some time with some tour guides in new Orleans, uh, some haunted history guides, a few psychics, uh, wow. experts on the plantations and local customs and voodoo. Interviewed some of those. I visited the sites, got some amazing footage there, hung out, had a great time. And then the second part is going to be what I'm really excited about. It. I went on a Bigfoot and Dogman expedition. And this was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Unfortunately, I didn't see anything myself, but mm-hmm. the the individual we spent time with, the experiencer, Scott Pace, you've probably seen him on a few shows. He's been making the rounds. Uh, he was on my show before. He's, he was just on my show. Actually, I published another episode with him because I had to get out some of the incredible experiences he's been having. I put it out the other day if you want to go check that out. His mm-hmm. name is Scott Pace. <clears throat> and he's had experiences that started out with just uh, Bigfoot and Dogman witnessing these creatures and not only witnessing them, having psychic communication with them. He calls it mind speak. And ever since his first encounter, which was with a, a Bigfoot and a Dogman together, he was in his deer stand. He saw these two creatures with his uh, rifle scope. And they communicated with him in his mind, told him to stop pointing the gun at him or he'd be torn up, be torn to pieces. (laughs) And the Bigfoot had to like calm down the dog man and tell him, chill out. He's not trying to shoot. It's a whole thing. If you go to listen to the interview, you'll hear it. Uh, You'll also hear more in the documentary. And he his experiences just kept getting weirder and weirder, increasing. He would start seeing different types of cryptids in the Louisiana swamp. And I had no idea they had so many strange creatures just in the area I grew up in. And and I got interviews with surrounding people in the surrounding areas, everything from what he calls little forest people to Whoa. reptilian like lizard creatures in in the in the bayous to anomalous lights in the sky, disembodied voices. Uh he even talked about larger Bigfoot creatures that were from 
not not only like you know eight ten foot tall. He saw he saw some that were up to fifteen feet tall. Little people, shadow people, entities that could turn into smoke and move around the forest. Strange eye shine that Whoa. he couldn't even identify, and communication with some of these beings, psychic communication. So that's I'm really looking forward to uh, editing this together and putting something together with his experiences we went out and explored some of the areas that he's had experiences i actually saw what looked like a big footprint he was showing me some of the um the tree type of structures that they would make how they would break branches at very high lengths he said some of these forest people actually reside in the trees and they have crazy abilities to cloak and disappear and actually affect our perception and send frequencies to us to make us sick or scared or have a certain feeling. Uh So this was incredible, man. And he eventually started having extraterrestrial experiences. He'd be taken, he would call them astral experiences because at one point in the night, he couldn't remember anything except for he'd wake up and he would remember bits and pieces of being taken by gray beings, mantis beings. And the mantis beings would have like a Bigfoot assistant or something like that. You'd have to hear these stories are incredible. Uh, And we've got plenty of that uh, going into the second part of the docu-series. So I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you. We're really excited about it. And it's going to be an ongoing thing. We're going to next trip. We're going to be going, we're going to continue down in South. We're going to go to, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida, and check out some high strangeness from those, <clears throat> excuse me, those areas, including Coral Castle and some uh, Pasad- uh, Casadega, other places in Florida that are highly paranormal and interesting historical places. So, looking forward to bringing all this to you guys. Damn, bro. All right. So, it's a few questions I have there, but yeah. the first one that's um, really, really like uh, I'm fascinated is. Personally, I would be shitting my pants going out and doing this type of research. What is what is the feeling like being out there? What how do you what's the feeling for you? Well, for me, I grew up in South Louisiana, and there's always just been this heavy, dense feeling there, especially when you get into the swamps and some of the really older historical locations. Uh, Jackson Square is one of those in New Orleans. Any any of the remote swamp areas that I've been to, they just have this kind of heavy, dense feeling and this sense of kind of a looming sense of dread and and this dark feeling every time you go out there. And I don't get this feeling. That's why that's one of the reasons why I had to move out of Louisiana. It's mm. because this constant kind of just heavy weighing on you, dark feeling that something bad's right around the corner. Something's watching you. It's just very creepy. Although I didn't have any paranormal experiences that I remember growing up, aside from sleep paralysis and a few missing time instances as a child associated with some strange things, but I'll have to get some regression done to understand those. But other than that, I would hear the stories about the swamps, about... The Rugaru, which is the same thing as the Dogman. It's what the locals call the Dogman. They call them Rugaru. Bigfoots and, and other type of strange creatures that would reside out there. 
but it's not until you actually go out and walk around into some of these areas that you actually feel that I know that I'm probably uh, more sensitive than a lot of my friends were at the time. And even more so now, I mean, I could, I could sense it right whenever I, you know, started getting into those areas when I was driving in there. Uh, but I don't know if it's because of the dark history or, or what's going on because not only is there these weird cryptid creatures that are unexplained and aliens and stuff, but very highly charged paranormal history due to the traumatic history of slave, the slave trade, uh, plantation houses and the horrible things that the plantation owners would do there along with crazy stories about pirates and their adventures in that South Louisiana area, mainly a pirate, Jean Lafitte, who had some uh, highly uh, brutal and uh, fascinating type of experiences that I'll be covering a little bit as well. But uh, a lot of people don't know that there was a huge pirate culture. And another thing that I covered was it's also a very large Native American culture down there. I visited some of the mounds, the Native American mounds, which are still to this day a huge mystery. I'm going to be talking to L.A. Marzulli a bit more about that. I already did an interview a while back about the mounds and uh, get a little bit deeper into that history. So yeah, there's got some dark stuff going on down there and it definitely has an energetic effect when you're down there. Right, right, right. So, but I, I assume you're a lot of this. Were you doing the stuff in the, like at night? Uh, night and day. Yeah, dude. Like, I mostly during I, the day though, because yeah, it was harder to get night shots. Um, I didn't have like super good lighting mm. or anything, but uh, it was mostly yeah. during the day. Yeah, because like I, I don't know. Um, when I was a kid, I was very afraid of stuff. I, it has to do with like family members making like uh you know um making f uh fun about there's bears and witches you know in the corridor where the toilet is and I'd, I'd, I'd be running across the corridor from the kitchen to the living room so I, I was a pretty scared kid growing up and I was scared of like spirits and ghosts because like at my village my one of my cousins like she was I don't know was she into the occult stuff but like I don't know. There was some shit going on there. I, I have no idea what the fuck it was, but I, I don't want to know. And my mother was also scared, so I think she imprinted th those fears on me. But um, again, like, just to to go back to my previous question and explore it, what was like, what how how would you like, how would you have felt if you saw like some weird creature that you never seen before? Like, would you be interested in communicating telepathically? You know, back then I might have been a lot more fearful than now. And now I completely open, I'm completely open to things like this, especially after I've heard some of the experiences of Scott with these forest beings and Bigfoot. From what I understand, they're just like people. There's a duality. They have some that may not like us, be fond of us, but they have some that do want to interact with us. They want to, you know, be on a friendly basis with us. Mm -hmm. They are, and most of them just want to be left alone and do their own thing. But some have actually gone out of their way to psychically communicate with him, form sort of like a relationship, a friendly type of relationship. See, they had one experience where he was going visit a friend and this one actually, uh, 
it was a little bit northern, uh, north in the United States. It wasn't in Louisiana, but it was still with uh, these forest creatures. One of his friends in, I think it was uh, Delaware, North Dakota, some of the, one of those states, he was experiencing some of the same things. I asked him to go out there. He went out there, took him to the location, and immediately he saw these these forest creatures with their eye shine. And he said, when you first see him, you can only see black shadows and these shining eyes that would shine in different colors. And the colors represented like their mood or, or you know, if they were getting angry or annoyed. Or if they had red eye shine, you wouldn't want to be around there. And these creatures would communicate with him and tell him, oh, sing to us. We like that. So, and this guy's a big, like, he's a, a Catholic, a Christian. He's, you know, raised a Catholic, very, very religious background. And he's handling these things beautifully. I mean, he he's very open-minded to everything. And he started singing them uh, Bible hymns and uh, gospel songs. And they responded by doing like these weird movements and dancing and appearing more would appear out of nowhere and just like start rising up out of nowhere as he would sing it like they would be interested in it. So just the most amazing wow, things that, that I could ever, you know, imagine, but I kind of lost my train of thought. What was the, what was the original question? I was again, again, just, um, I'm, I'm fascinated by, I suppose. I'm, oh, if I would see it. Yeah. I'm, I, in, I, I'm these... impressed. I'm impressed sort of by the courageousness of guys like you that are, <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to, listen to stories but i don't know if i'd be willing to go exploring in the depths of these swamps i don't know whatever. if it's, it's courage or stupidity or just <laughs> super curiosity but i'm really not scared of any of this stuff man you know after my own contact experiences and the experience by being astrally attacked by a reptilian on when i was trying to heal some childhood trauma that kind of it got rid of a lot of the fear of this stuff there after having these experiences. Whoa, whoa, sorry, sorry, Chris. We have to just segue for a second here. Uh, I, I can't remember did we talk about this on the last, but can you... I think we did. It was the, it was during the, a, uh, a psychedelic experience that I was going through with my ex-girlfriend. We were going through a regression to heal childhood trauma. Okay, okay. Then uh, we hit a... a it came up that I had an entity attached to that trauma. Oh, it was yes, a yes. Uh, like a demonic reptilian that manifested. Mm. It took over my perception and made me see that my girlfriend shapeshifted into a reptilian, chased me around, and then we had to do okay. like this exorcism thing. I even puked up black goo. Yes, that it's thing. not. It's, it's <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, all good. Oh. All good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so you were asking if I would be scared. Like if I... If I go out there and, you know, and if I was actually encountered something like that, I, I don't think I would, I don't think I would have fear, but I don't think you're supposed to. I think that they, you know, they don't respond well to that from what I understand. You're supposed to have mm -hmm. an open heart and just be very open-minded and accepting of the experience that's happening. I know that I heard that there are some aggressive and more malevolent uh, either forest people, Bigfoots, or dogmen, or Rugaru, whatever you want to call it, that are very just territorial. It's not like they're actively going out and hunting people and killing people. They're just they don't like people going into their territory and messing with them, so they will show aggression. And they never just outright attack people. They will give them warnings in many different ways to scare the crap out of them before there's any attack. Yeah. But uh, I and I'm going to be going to Skinwalker Ranch. I'm going to be staying on a location right on skin rocker ranch for the first the third episode episode probably so that's going to be one of the, 
really the one that I'm looking forward to experiencing for sure. Right, right. So uh, I just quickly brought up uh, Wikipedia uh, for, to read a little bit about Louisiana. And uh, three paragraphs in, it says, based on national averages, Lu Louisiana frequently ranks on uh, low amongst, in terms of health, education, development, uh, and poverty. So it's the least ranked, least healthy state in the country. 100%. High levels of drug-related deaths. Yes. Highest homicide rate since the night. So do you think there's, I'm just wondering, do you think there's, because I know we had that hurricane as well. There's um, some dark stuff down there, man. Yeah. It's, it, it, there's some dark energy. And, you know, you were saying, uh, you were saying the health rate. When we just went down there, I'm, I'm in Northern Colorado and I, I've been eating organic food for a while now. Mm -hmm. I try to stay away from as much processed and GMO shit as possible. And yeah. when we're down there, there is no, there's no organic options. Like everything is processed crap. And you look around and you can see that everybody is overweight. Everybody's unhealthy. It's, it's off. It's sad, man. It's very sad. The state that, that these people reside in, it's like they're stuck, not only yeah. stuck in time, but they're stuck in this false reality matrix where they are being programmed. And even though some of them are waking up, they're still going to the grocery store and not demanding that these places have better options for them. So mm. yeah, that's a very sad part. And I've had, I've had, I've had at least four friends commit suicide growing up. So Whoa. yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's a very, it can be a very dark place for sure. Man, it's a good thing you got out because it, the, like, you are you become the sum or the the sum of the people around you at the end of the day, mm, right? Yeah, I had to get out, man. Yeah, it was it was slowly killing me for sure. How, how long ago did you get out? Oh, about two and a half years now. Oh, okay. So I thought I thought it'd be much more, much longer. No, man, I was still doing forbidden knowledge news, and I got out. Whenever I got out of there, that's when forbidden knowledge news became successful. Like wow few weeks after forbidden knowledge news started making money and it was insane Whoa. like it was like the universe rewarded me for getting the hell out of there quitting my job and doing this full time that's amazing dude mm -hmm. that's yeah and that's not that i don't recommend living there's a it's a beautiful place there's beautiful people the people are actually amazing and wonderful and the nicest people you've ever met in the world it's just the system that holds everybody back there is is awful and uh you know it's it's a great place to visit and if you're going to live there you're going <laughs> to i think you're going to want to demand some changes and some things before you're able to do that yeah yeah so just for i'm sure lots of people that listen to my podcast are not really into cryptids and and Bigfoot, and I, I personally have never really been too much into this stuff. Honestly, mostly, I've kind of been skeptical. But over the last few years, the stuff I've gotten into, like I'm super open. So can you just give us a primer? Uh, I know people have heard of Bigfoot, but what, what, what like what are these creatures? What do we know anyway? <laughs> well, what we know gets stranger and stranger as the more we try and find out about them. Skinwalker Ranch is a great example of that people would kind of have an idea of what's going on in these swamps. <clears throat> and I didn't realize growing up that these swamps were so highly charged. I knew there was paranormal stuff. I knew there was dogmen. 
I had no idea there was just the plethora of things that that I learned about when I just went back there. So Bigfoot and dogmen, I, I believe like this, you know, this is only my personal belief based on everything I've learned, based on all the guests that I've had on, based on all the evidence. These things, I don't think that they are just a lost ape creature or hominid. I believe they're highly intelligent. I believe that they have abilities, consciousness abilities way beyond what we know. They're like forest magicians, I would like to call them. I think they're a lost species of lost human or lost hominid, hairy human, that had these magical or great abilities, great consciousness abilities, and they just got run off in our ancient past to the forest, and that's where they reside. Same with these dogmen. Same with other cryptid creatures and they could even be some like ancient experiment of chimeras where they're trying to breed you know animals and 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 you know us humans together to create like super soldiers or something you know it's that's one of the theories that i've heard that they're ancient super soldiers just kind of abandoned by society and cast out into the forests and and in these rural areas which is interesting as hell you know i'd like to i'd love to consider that but, you know, there's so many supernatural aspects, though, so many things that are really strange about what you know, what these things can do. Oftentimes, they're associated with UFOs. Oftentimes, people will report UFO sightings with seeing one of these cryptid creatures. Poltergeists. Um, there's haunted, like, uh, there's, there's spirits reported or um, sightings of ghosts that are somehow sp spotted near or alongside or with some of these creatures, or some people think. I think you muted. I, I, I can't hear you now. I think you muted or something. Oh, yeah, I accidentally muted. Yeah, some people think they are spirits or ghosts, but I, I don't know. They're, they're, they have physical properties and aspects. Some people say they've even found Bigfoot poop. They've, uh, it, it, another interesting about the Bigfoot is it's reported that the government is very aware of these things. And if anyone reports like a Bigfoot body or sighting, they are right on it. Like men in black type entities will go out Whoa. to the middle of nowhere and clean everything up, make sure nobody knows anything about it. That's an interesting aspect. Scott told me he's, he's heard of people that have had to deal with these these men in black type entities just because they reported seeing a Bigfoot or Bigfoot poop or anything like that. So there's a physical aspect there, but also there's very supernatural aspects like these. He's seen if some of these forest people, which he believes there's just different types of Bigfoots. There's little ones, there's medium ones like our size, and there's really big ones and they're all hairy and they have different features like different races of humans. And they have also strange abilities like he's seen them turn into mist and move around in a mist form and then reappear. Uh, he's seen them walk in and out of what looks like portals. And another part of the what he his one of his experiences was he saw a light beam come down from the sky, open up a portal and three translucent light beings walked out of the portal and just down a hill out of his view. It didn't pay attention to him, didn't even look at him, just walked right in front of him. They were sitting in the truck observing all the weird shit going on and all of a sudden that happens. So that's another thing. They got they have aliens out there or whatever you want to interdimensional beings, whatever you want to call them. 
And uh, just uh, out of curiosity, I was looking at some, I, I'm in some Telegram groups about Tartaria and all sorts of crazy shit, really interesting shit. And uh, I was looking at some uh, stuff about giants having existed, you know, like these big, like very yeah. old New York Times articles, like from the late 1800s about giant bone, giants bones found and shit. Do you think that could be like these giant uh, remains that were found could be maybe big, this these creatures remains or something 100% man yeah i think that there's a link there whether you know they're they're covered in hair or not i think that we have some sort of ancient ancestors i do think they are some sort of humanoid uh that are that would be very large and uh, I do think that there are still giants in different parts of the of the world that hide out in caves and underground and in these forests, but I'm not sure if they all have these same type of cloaking abilities and mm -hmm. supernatural abilities. It's it's very interesting that the ones that are in these more super rural wooded types of areas that are covered in hair seem to be able to just disappear and manipulate matter in a in a certain way and it's it's super weird man <laughs> bro this is just mind-blowing stuff bro yeah um what have you interviewed any because just because you said about them living in the earth have you interviewed folks about um you know the concept of hollow earth or like uh, certain civilizations or races living underground. What, 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 what's oh yeah, man. Yeah. A great example would be Peter Moon. He's written a book called Transylvania Sunset and Transylvania Sunrise, which is about an underground chamber in, uh, in Transylvania that leads all the way to Egypt. And in these tunnels, he, he accounts, he's, he's, he cites an account of, a supposedly some sort of three-letter agency or Black Project military um, individual who's involved with Black Projects, who's involved with aliens. His name was Radu Sinemar, and his journeys basically to the to the center of the earth through what he called the Romanian Sphinx, which was a, uh, it resembles a Sphinx on top of a mountain. And he claims that's where the entrance to underground is. They go underground, they explore, they find advanced ancient te alien technology, like these, these types of, uh, what do you call those things? The, the, the projectors and, all to sort of um, technologic, really advanced technological equipment like med beds and touch screens, and they even he even found uh, you know evidence that they were doing some sort of experiment on you know DNA experiments on humans and these tunnels. They went all the way from Romania to Egypt to underneath the Great Pyramid and the Giza Plateau. So. That's super interesting, and I've also heard that uh, this is this is a fact that they do have underground tunnels. Milita our military industrial complex here in the United States has underground tunnels from here in Colorado to New Mexico across the United States, and there is a series of all kinds of deep underground military bases and things like that, but it's also speculated that 
there are different types of species of these cryptid beings that live underground, live in mountains, and that's where they reside. And we get glimpses of them whenever they come out to feed or whatever like that. So that's super interesting too. Interesting. I, I heard one theory that, you know, how there's like something like, is it 800,000 children go missing in the States? Oh, yeah, year? man. So the, the theory is that they, they're basically being not not necessarily like uh, abducted so and they're brought to these uh, underground beings or whatever not necessarily for them to like eat them or whatever but maybe they're using them to uh, have you heard or... have you heard of the Donald Marshall story don't think i have all right i'm going to i'm going to give your audience some entertainment for it's going to be a, for weeks of entertainment cuz there's tons of videos still on youtube about it so go look up Donald Marshall or the Donald Marshall story. And it is about this gentleman that claims to have his consciousness taken, removed from his, his body, physical body, and taken to these underground bases where our military industrial complex is teamed up with like aliens and these evil interdimensional beings to experiment on us. They're using clones to supposedly project their his consciousness and a bunch of other people on the planet, project their consciousness into these clones underground, and then they would proceed to torture them, experiment on them, do all kinds of have you know sick types of Olympic games and all these weird shit that they would do with their clones. Uh, that aliens would be involved, these uh, these gray type beings, along with our military. And supposedly it's an ongoing black operation that they're doing this. Now, I, you know, of course, I have no idea. I love to consider it. It's so fun and interesting yeah. to hear these weird ass stories. But yes, everyone go look up the Donald Marshall story. And he supposedly his consciousness is being taken to deep underground military bases and tortured and cloned and all kinds of crazy stuff so it's a fun story to get into for sure at least Damn, bro yo that that's crazy shit um it's like it's like you know you know the way we have uh pets and cattle and like you can get an ant farm and like play with ants sometimes you wonder whatever <clears throat> other species not, not necessarily other species but you know set of even humans are just we are we are in a zoo here, the, the humans on earth, like we're like quote unquote slaves and um, they're just fucking around with us. You know, we're we going to let's experiment with this jab and let's, let's see what happens if we poison the food and the water and the air. What Do you think that's, that's far fetched or. I, I, this is one of those that I have to go back and forth. Like, I don't want to think that our reality is just a hijacked one that we're being siphoned off of and tricked perpetually to come back because aliens are experimenting on us. That's a horrible type of reality to think. But I consider it because of some of the evidence, because some of the things that have occurred, if you look at abduction experiences where people are being experimented on their accounts where they're having their DNA taken. They're having hybrid children made experiments, all kinds of nasty things, chips put in them. I mean, people, there are millions of people on the planet that truly believe these things are happening to them in some fashion or another. And there's evidence, there's some evidence of chips being put in people. There is, you know, physical evidence of people having marks on them. There's not much, 
But you have to consider these accounts alone just because of the sheer amount of them and the similarities between them all. There has to be something going on there. And that seems like a violation of our free will. Why would you, why would these entities just be allowed to come over here and take us whenever they want, unless we are their property, unless what they created us and they're just maybe checking up on us, doing little tweaks on us here and then here and there. So that's something that I consider, man, maybe we are property just like cattle. We're property of some sort of highly advanced non-human entities that have to, you know, keep doing these experiments and checking up on us. Another one is that they, the theory that these aliens are us from the future trying to come back and either modify us or warn us not to change ourselves, not to alter what we are, not to chop our, our genitalia off and change ourselves and keep consuming this nasty GMO stuff that's altering everything that we are as humans. Maybe that's, you know, one of the reasons that's something to consider too, but there's just too many positive experiences, too many great spiritual experiences like my own that point Mm -hmm. to that. This experience is so much more than us just being an experiment for aliens. That is, that it is for a personal growth and experience and that this realm is not a prison that we have to experience both the good and the bad and the light and the dark to, to grow. And maybe these aliens are a projection of the bad or even sometimes the good so that we can learn something from it or that, you know, it's a way to try and get us to shift our paradigm or wake up. There's so many, there's so many theories and possibilities of what could be happening with extraterrestrial experiences and the high strangeness and all the stuff that we don't understand. Sometimes I think that it's just that we, we are in a simulation and our avatars here are these meat suits, these physical bodies, but we're not here where our essence is somewhere else. Our true spiritual bodies are somewhere else. And we're here in this physical form to learn and grow. And maybe a paranormal experience is like us on the outside going, you're not doing it fast enough. I'm going to throw you a cheat code. I'm going to throw you this profound experience, this profound religious experience. So you wake up a little bit. Or, you know, you, you have to experience something traumatic to, to get you going a certain way. And it's all part of this game of life that, that we're experiencing here. And a great example also of that is the Super Mario. When he eats the magic mushroom, he gains mm. all these magical powers and insights. And he can, you know, he can ease more easily win this game. And that's why I think same thing with the magic mushroom here. And it makes me think of my own experiences. So it's very interesting to consider all those options. Totally, bro. There's so like, that's the thing. There's so much beauty. And even in the small things, man, like I, I tell you, <clears throat> like when I wake up in the morning, I go into the living room and the first thing is that I have happened to me is my dog is jumping on me. So I sit on the couch, she jumps on me, give her a big hug. She's licking my face. And it's just for five minutes, it's just the most beautiful thing, right? Later on, I get to wake my baby up or when she wakes up, I get to like get her out of bed. And it's the, again, the most joy, joy-filled thing so and you go outside we go to the beach together and every like they're running around they're playing you're enjoying the sunshine you're enjoying the water you're enjoying a nice breeze and it's just so much beauty and i think maybe 
everything is a psyop is the psyop you know what i mean like that this, yeah. this sort of meme it's like it's it's maybe it's all perfectly balanced between good bad uh, you know up down left right so it's all perfectly balanced and it's all about our perspective how we're viewing it and yes the you can view it as the the painful moment the painful moments are so much more intense than the joyful and the nice moments but you know like it's through like anytime i've ever had the biggest sort of growth spurts in my life professionally personally it's always been through some crazy challenging sort of seemingly um uh bad event to begin with like for example like almost six, about six weeks ago i lost my job and for the first week i was almost in disbelief uh, and i was so butthurt for like a, a, a week or two you know and now in hindsight only six weeks later i'm like shit this is like super awesome thing that happened to me it happened for me not to me and i i'm i've been working on my health work every single day since then and the joy even though i'm not making money yet with it the joy of that is the satisfaction is unbelievable as compared to working like some tech job for somebody else you know what i mean yeah man yeah that's another thing that i've experienced firsthand Whenever I'm doing something I'm passionate about, whenever I'm doing something I'm excited about and enjoying life every day and waking up excited to do what I'm doing, that will keep occurring and it keeps getting better and it'll send me it'll send me not only synchronicities but these events in my life that I will have a choice to either pay attention to and follow that road or follow that synchronicity or ignore and miss out on an opportunity. And life for me is always throwing these things at me every day in the form of just different types of experiences, people I I run into, even music that comes on, numbers I see. It's all, mm. you have to pay attention to everything because yeah. it, the universe communicates with you. I call it the language of the universe. And it, it's always trying to give you clues and communicate with you and you got to pay attention to it. But if you're always depressed and mopey and wondering how you're going to pay your bills and thinking that the world's falling apart and, oh my God, the trans are going to take over the world and all that you just all always down and feeling you know like there's there's they're out to get you and the, they're then you're worried about the next conspiracy and the next false flag operation you're probably not going to see those beautiful synchronicities that the the world is throwing at you yes those things are happening yeah all that terrible shit's going on but if you don't give it any power, if you're not paying attention to it, it can't go any further. You can be aware that it's that it's going on so that you don't participate in it, so that you don't perpetuate it. But by paying attention to it, by keeping focusing on it, that's perpetuating it and that's keeping some of those things going on that we don't want going in our life. So, you know, I found that the key is just to focusing on your whatever makes you happy and whatever makes you productive and the best thing that's going on for you if you're focusing on that instead of all the negative stuff that's when the universe is going to speak loudest and that's when you're going to understand it more totally totally i remember for for months so there there's this um there's these vans here that you see once in a while i think the the brand or the company is called create i don't know do they do like office cleaning services or something like that but like 
like so often I'm driving and then I'm thinking about something related. Like this was before, you know, months ago, maybe last year. And I, I'd be like thinking I need to like uh, motivate myself and work more on my, you know, my health stuff. Or maybe I was thinking of starting to write another book or do another video course. I, I just think of what to do, what to do, what to do. And then I wouldn't do much for for like weeks and weeks. And then I would just see this create, like be driving and this van would go past and just see this sign create. And it's, I, I, I saw different manifestations of the same message, <clears throat> which was basically create as in you need to build something and at the time i was like doing like woodworking projects and shit so i was like uh, it was just telling me express yourself you know manifest something through through these hands and this mind you know yeah man 100 percent. and for me it's things that get me like excited that give you those butterflies yeah. that makes you really just wanting to do that thing just whenever you're about to like for me whenever i'm about to do a show or work or or record or do some graphics or anything associated with what i'm doing here it just gives me that little excited feeling and it makes me happy knowing and i can't wait to finish it and show it to everybody and i think that is the sending out that energy into the universe it responds and it just wants more of that and that positive energy always comes back in the form of either a lead or a a type of an opening or a, t a new timeline, a different reality that you created by putting out that, that energy to begin with. And the more perpetual that energy is, the more you keep it up and, and try not to focus on negative things. I mean, shit, negative shit is going to happen. It, it happens, but I've noticed that it happens a lot less if you are doing those things that I just mentioned and you are just really putting that energy out there as much as possible and holding on to that, that positivity. Yeah, I totally agree, bro. Uh, let me, let's switch gears a little bit. I'm just yeah. very fascinated with Colorado, right? So I, I follow, obviously, you know, Ryder and, uh, Charlie, there's like so many awesome people in Colorado there. I'm almost a little bit jealous that you guys have such a sweet community here and here I'm kind of, uh, in the south of Portugal, not a lot going on, you know, not a lot going on. Um, but um, what's I, I, what's the what's the deal with Denver, uh, the Denver mm. airport? What is it about that airport in Denver in general? Is it like an Illuminati fucking headquarters <laughs> or something? All right, I get here's the here's the thing with Colorado. There's 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 two different layers going on here. Yes, it is like Illuminati headquarters here. The Freemason realms, like Denver has a uh, Masonic lodge that's huge. They have like a witch's ball every every year. What's and that? The Masonic, they have a witch's ball, like a witch's what? party oh, okay. uh, at, at Halloween every year at this okay. Masonic lodge. Oh, okay. It's a huge thing. And it's a big, big government type of, it's a hit, it's our hidden government headquarters what it is uh, underneath the denver airport is a huge military industrial it's like a city really it's uh, i've heard that's where they're planning on relocating washington dc if 
a major cataclysm hits if we're under the attack of a major, you know, under a major war, alien invasion, everything's going to underneath the Denver airport. It's like a super fortified underground massive military industrial complex that connects across the United States with these tunnels. Now that's that's the part of it. It's yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty crazy that we are so close to this uh, what you would call basically Illuminati headquarters. <laughs> um, I lived in Denver for about a year and a half when I first moved out here. Didn't like it. I don't really like no. the city too much anyway. Uh, so that's why I moved north. We're right on the edge of Wyoming right now in northern Colorado. And it's beautiful out here. You know, it's a smaller college town. There's really, you know, you have to drive to get to a bigger city area, but you got everything you need. And we're close enough to the mountains to where we're in the wilderness. So it's great. And me and most of my friends moved out here mainly because it's beautiful. I moved here because that it's it's far away from that dense Louisiana energy, the mountain energy and everything else around here. So it's just wonderful. It's very uplifting. Uh, marijuana is legal. So that's mm-hmm. a plus too. Um, the, the politics are, you would think that it's left based on Denver, uh, based on that it's a blue state, but the people you talk to, once you get outside Denver, not so much. It's, it's just people that want to live their lives. Basically it's people that want to farm people that want to be in the middle of nowhere and homestead and just be left alone and smoke their weed and, and, you know, have a, a nice fulfilling life and be able to do their own businesses. A lot of people out here have their own home businesses. It's a really Mm. great, uh, it's a great place to do that. So that's the main reason why we're here. And it's just mainly just a gorgeous place to live. It's Mm. almost in the center of the United States. So it's going to be a great hub for me doing the documentary, being able to go out and travel and come right back here to the almost the center it's in the west but you know it's just yeah, yeah. you know middle of the united states for me so yeah. uh it'll it's a great location and that's uh and you know right now uh Ryder is is my roommate here no uh, way I'll be, yeah i'll be moving uh me and my girlfriend are moving not even a town away like a few blocks away basically in a couple of months so we'll have our own place there but nice. Ryder and Corey have this place here and uh, where my studio is right now nice. and uh yeah we're all out here Charlie's about an hour and a half down Lindsay's about two hours away so uh, I'm actually going to record an episode at Charlie's house Monday so that'll Shit, be fun dude oh yeah. man that's so epic bro you guys yeah. I love you all so much you guys are, I'm so Oh man, I'm we so love happy you too. I know y'all. You're so fucking cool. Hey, anytime we're having another gathering. I don't know if you heard about the one last year. We do it. We're trying to do it every year. We have the gathering out here. Uh, listeners of the show, other fellow podcasters, and people. We all come. To, we came out to the, to my house last year. Uh, we had some, you know, <laughs> yard games, little drinking, smoking, good time, yeah. and we went on some hiking and. We did a live podcast that night. It was it was a good Epic time, and one. hopefully we'll be doing it again this summer. So feel Epic. free to come on out. Yeah, I, I, the, it's a bit complicated for me because um, you know, Bulgarians, you have to get like visa shit. Yeah, yeah. it's complicated. Uh, actually, <laughs> it's a long story, but uh, um, my my wife, yeah, we we do want. There's a lot of there's a, a many parts of the states. Such a beautiful country in in, in many respects that we want to see so there will come a time for sure you know mm. hopefully when things are a little bit kind right on man overall but uh i actually just uh well one final thing i i, I follow um 
a channel on YouTube called Build a Soil. They're in Colorado. They, the guy, they basically just they deliver living soil. So if you're, I know you said you're into your gardening a little bit last mm-hmm. time. They have like the best gardening soil, uh, one of the best, I'd say, probably that you can find there. So they're based there in Colorado. And the guy, the guys, um, him and his wife kind of start this business. They, they mostly focus on uh, cannabis growers. So mm. he does lots of videos on teaching people how to like go through the entire life cycle with living soil, all organic. But they're, they're also doing more... Um, uh, teaching people about more, you know, growing organic food. So very interesting. Definitely check them out. You might yeah, even want to sure. like stock up on some of their soil. Heard it's amazing, you know. So yeah, definitely, yeah. man. Yeah, we tried. We I tried my hand at uh, growing marijuana last year, and the the uh, the harvest was pretty decent. The crop was the quality was pretty good. So uh, <laughs> I'd love to get some more tips. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great channel, bro. Uh, yeah, so let's let's uh, kind of uh, finish off with a little bit more uh, of the you know esoteric paranormal stuff. So, mm. um, what right now? I know we we you probably have the same problem as me. There's too many things that you're interested in. So, what do you what what things do you feel like? What are the most fascinating things to you right now that you've not yet had the time to research? Would you say? Oh, wow, that I haven't had the time to research. Man, I don't know, man. I've been everything I'm interested in. I try and go as deep as possible without getting like sucked into too deep with any particular yeah. rabbit hole. But I tell you what, one thing that I it's just perpetually interested in me and I want to go as deep as possible is that there is a either a different reality beyond the spectrum of our vision or multiple different realities beyond what we can perceive and that there is life existing in those realities. And either we are in existence in these, in these types of realities infinitely or however, however much they do exists and we either can interact with ourselves or these it's different types of different types of life in each reality and they can also these beings in these different realities somehow understand how to cross over and interact with us in this reality and we're just beginning to scratch the surface on understanding things like quantum physics and some of the experiments that they've been doing out at places like Skinwalker Ranch, I think, are on the cusp of possibly gaining an understanding of how to make a connection and communicate with some of these entities on the other side. Now, that being said, I think it's fucking dangerous. I think, excuse my language, but I yeah. think that what they're doing at Skinwalker Ranch, especially some of the aerospace companies, are dabbling with things that. I don't know if they understand it. Maybe they do, but I don't think they should. Uh, I think that some of this stuff we're not meant to understand. I think it's called mysteries for a reason. I think Mm. that a lot of what we understand is spirituality and paranormal, angels, demons, these types of entities. I don't think we're supposed to understand everything about them. You know, maybe a base understanding enough to, to, to be able to have the most minimal interaction or understanding that we need to have. 
But I think what's going on with a lot of the aerospace companies and things that places that are dabbling in those Skinwalker Ranch type places, like I have a friend, Ryan Burns, he's got NDAs that he signed with multiple aerospace companies that go out there, do experiments, try to figure out what's going on there. Some of the things they're doing involve uh, equipment and technology that simulates the effects of DMT within a certain radius. Uh, the bringing certain, uh, like the guy, have you heard of the God helmet? No. Uh, it is a, oh, it's an electro electromagnetically wired contraption helmet that you put on that has this binaural beats type of feature that yeah. puts you into an altered state and allows you to communicate with either spirits or aliens or entities. Oh, and they're using this out there. And from some of the reports of things going on is this, whatever they're interacting with is always like 10 to 20 to a hundred steps ahead of what they're doing. And it seems like they know what they're doing. They can predict what they're doing. If they bring a certain technology out there, like mil the military industrial complex is huge out there in, in that area, like New Mexico and Utah. There are plenty of military bases, plenty of military toys, plenty of experimental craft, well, what they what's reported out there is you'll see the experimental military craft and you'd be like, oh, that's a military craft. And then you'll see something else that mimics it, does the same thing the craft was doing, but then it'll one up it and do something incredible that we have no capability of doing. And it'll like mimic planes, it'll mimic jets, it'll mimic people. And it can appear as different things. That's where we get the skinwalker myth because it can appear as animals. It can ship shape shift into people. I've had reports of like Ryan Burns has seen a coyote shape shift into a tornado of like micro dust Whoa. and it's people being attacked by these like dust monsters that form into this physical being and attack people. Uh, people that claim to see native American in looking people shape shift into coyotes and animals, uh, things that try to mimic certain people like they had one that was trying to mimic what it looked like a security guard that was watching over a certain area and trying to talk into this uh like a little handheld walkie talkie but there was things that weren't right about it its arms were changing in length its face was morphing and shaping into different shapes and it's the it wasn't even a walkie talkie it was holding it was some kind of weird thing that kept shape shifting and this happens all the time out there. So they don't, we don't know if it's like one overarching intelligence that can just shape to whatever it wants our perception to see, or if it is different entities that are shapeshifters that know how to do this stuff. And I don't know if it's across the board with all these cryptid creatures that they can all do things like this. And I'm starting to think they can. And it makes me wonder, you know, what is it? Is it, is it one entity that can project whatever it wants into our minds. Is it like a, you know, overarching consciousness that resides in these areas that just projects these creatures or is it individual creatures that have these abilities? And I, I'd like to consider all that stuff. It's super fascinating. Hmm. And do you think uh, part of the whole scientism, uh, movement all right the, the way kids are brainwashed into materialistic thinking do you think a, a, a big part of that is just so that people immediate immediately scoff when you know you, you start talking about this stuff dogmen etc 
people just scoff at it and they never give it a second thought so they never explore it and then they get to research and leverage whatever uh teachings that research uh sort of gives them mm. yeah a, a good example of that like the dog man in louisiana is called the rougarou and i grew up and the elders and my parents and my brothers and sisters would make fun of this and tell it like a funny story, like Bloody Mary or the, any type of paranormal story for any lo given location that's like your, your myth that you hear about growing up. It's, it's always made light of and it's never taken seriously until you know you have these experiences which are then discounted because you grew up hearing these rugaru stories and myths that you were told were that just myths it's just a legend to to keep kids from misbehaving you know it's a precautionary tale but in too many cases especially with people i've interviewed re recently and witnesses these things are more than real, man. These people experience you know, unexplained phenomena constantly, and it's much more than just their own mind playing tricks on them, hallucinations, different uh, types of, of perception that you're misunderstanding. I think that they, there's something really occurring with these these beings, and there are certain people that are more sensitive to to seeing these and, and communicating with them. And I think that if you don't believe in this stuff and you have a closed mind, you're never going to see it. And it's, that's another thing, how interesting belief plays into paranormal phenomena, magic, metaphysical and esoteric type topics. This belief, it's like, it fuels it, it powers it, it gives it life and if you don't believe in anything, it's like it blocks anything that could possibly that could possibly happen to you or that anything that you could possibly perceive that's in front of your face being blocked because of your belief system. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Was it Napoleon Hill that said, whether you believe you can do something or not, you're probably right. Yeah. 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 100%. yeah. And like, I think Brian Tracy was, was saying something like whatever you can believe you can achieve that kind of way, you know? Same thing, man. Yeah, That's yeah. That goes with what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people call it manifestation. And I don't. I think that's a kind of cheesy term for it. But if you're going to focus on something 24-7 and, and feed it positive energy and feed it love and keep and keep building on it and keep feeding it energy, it's going to eventually manifest for you. If you yeah. become frustrated with it and, and lose the love and passion for what you're doing and think that it's a waste of time, well, it will be, and it won't go anywhere. So it's all about, you know, how you feel about what you're doing that will manifest. And same thing with, with paranormal until I had my first, what you would call contact experience. I hadn't, experienced anything it's not that i didn't believe in it i believed in it i think that i was i was closed off because of my energetic state i was in a lower vibratory state i was not i was not a happy person you know i was living in a place i didn't like doing a job that i really hated and wanted to be able to do this and i was blocking myself so i think that prevented a lot of my perception uh, from widening, you know? Mm. 
Yeah, man, that's pretty profound. It's also like you say, manifestation. It's it's actually exactly the the right term. But also, like if you like, a, when you read the Kibalion and kind of this more hermetic principles, uh, it when you when you actually sort sort of start thinking about it on a deeper level, you you truly like if you internalize those and apply those principles of the you know the hermetic tradition you do in a way become a magician and that's that's what magic is right to create to change reality through your mind in a way and what your mind it's it it contains your 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 will your motivation you know your capacity to plan and then obviously the, that that will to execute on that plan and when you think about it like okay tony robbins might break it down in a different way much more sort of practical pragmatic and then a more esoteric uh, a more esoteric mind the type of person will talk about manifestation the power of the mind etc but when you think about it it's you are you're literally using the power of the invisible inside your your mind to create to manifest conditions that you desire in the outside world the world around you it's pretty amazing yeah man yes and this is this is something that i again i experience all the time and i don't think it's just i don't think it's just deciding to do something and just going after and doing it i think you have a have to have a certain mindset and energy put behind it and feeling behind it say if you you want to go and and build a house and that's going to be you know your thing for whatever reason but you go out there and you just start slapping bricks together and slapping wood together and hammering things and there's no passion there you're just doing it as fast as you can just to say you did it well, it probably won't benefit you in any way and you won't get the outcome that you desire and it won't lead to the next beautiful thing that you're going to work on because that's the way manifestation has worked in my life. I have mm. to have a certain energy put behind it. I have to have a passion behind it. And I have to actually, I have to be able to do it in an efficient way and not just because I want to do something. I have to have a passion behind it and a joy and do it well, you know, do it to the best of my ability. And that will lead to not only manifesting the best outcome of what I'm trying to do, but it also, in my case, leads to the next project and the energy and the motivation to do the next project. And that keeps building and building the further along you go, the more that you feed it. Yeah, yeah there's a lot to be said sort of for enjoying the, the step you're at. Mm. You know, I, I, I found myself, now, now that I have a little bit more time, I don't have like a a, a job that I need to be at in like three, four, four or five days a week. Uh, it gives me a little bit of space to, like I, the first month that I was off work, I, I, I mean, I was working on the podcast and I was putting content out, but I was not doing anything specific. I wasn't even planning what to do. And then a month passed and then one day, I just literally just woke up one day. I'm, I'm gonna do this now. This is this is the the next step I need to do, and it's a it's a fairly big project. It will take a few weeks to to accomplish to 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 complete. But I just it just comes to you one day. We, so it's so it's almost you have to give space. And then I notice now I, I work for the last three weeks. I've been working very hard on my health work stuff, and 
like the last two days, I just, I'm here at the computer and I, I work hard for like five, 10 minutes. And then I'm like uh, farting around and like I'm, I'm emailing people and, you know, I'm researching some other stuff, brainstorming other projects. You know, I haven't finished one project. I'm brainstorming eight more. So I realize I, I need to create space again. Go So the last two, two days when I find myself in that state, I just go for a nice long walk with the dog in the sunshine come back and immediately I'm invigorated and re-energized, you know? Mm. Yeah. One of the biggest things for me was stepping outside of comfort zones. Like I used to just love vegging out in front of the TV, finding a good movie to watch and just, you know, for hours, just watching TV after I'd get home from work, you know, my, my crappy corporate job that I had in Louisiana, I'd get home from work on, no, this is my satisfaction for the day. I'm just going to sit back and let my creativity go and just melt into the couch and let my brain turn to mush while I watch some mindless TV. That was my thing to do. And I realized the, the more I stepped away from that and started to do things that were more passionate and creative for me, the less I even wanted to, like now I can't even watch. I'll sit down because maybe, you know, my girlfriend or somebody wants to watch a movie with me. And within two minutes, I am on my <laughs> phone researching or I'm pulling out my laptop trying to do graphics. It's like, I can't, yeah. I can't pay attention to any of it. It doesn't yeah. serve me and it doesn't bring me joy anymore like it used to because I've found that thing. And that was my comfort zone. But by stepping out and, and kind of, Getting out of that, you know, just mindless comfort that you got from it, I was able to achieve so much more. And I think a lot of people get stuck like, you know, video games, movies, things that are fun and just mm. easy to do that shut your brain off, but don't don't really have any type of payoff or benefit or isn't going to bring you that true happiness. Yeah, man. I When we um, when we bought our apartment before we or yeah before we moved in i got this huge projector screen it was like, i think it's like maybe 12 feet in in length it's huge so i installed it and it's automated with a remote control and shit i think we've used it twice to watch uh, we've watched two movies with it with my wife mm. and like both times i was like halfway through i'm like fuck this i'm going to bed you know like we just it just uh, it, even like dude even now recently when i'm watching um i have these uh online video courses that i paid very good money for you know like on nutritional biochemistry all this good stuff and for me like i just i don't want to watch it because i'm i feel like i'm a passive sort of participant as as i want to be like writing something like you know brainstorming something for a video or some content you know what i mean like when you get i think when this is maybe a quantum leap people eventually take when you become stop being this passive sort of uh observer in the world you become an an actor you know and not an npc whatever the opposite of npc is you know a, a being with a soul mm. that's that's participating in this reality and shaping this reality and then when you when you decide to shape this reality for the better be that to um you know make people happier or enlighten them in some way or uh, increase their knowledge i think then beautiful things happen and the, the they say as they say the universe begins to conspire and many things and events and people begin to conspire to you know 
up your uh, up your help you up your game and increase your success yeah man 100 percent. and another thing that i have to stress for especially for me is i needed balance i was you know, I, I've become a workaholic doing this because I love it so much. It's hard for me to stop. You know, I have to make myself stop and enjoy things and go outside, go for a hike. You know, instead of sitting there watching mindless movies, my downtime is now going out and hiking and getting into nature, going on yes. Bigfoot hunts, things like that. <laughs> but that was that's a huge that that's a huge thing is I fell into just uh, diving into this work and that was it you know I spent for the f first two years of really when I we started becoming successful this was all I do and I didn't have an outside life but you have to have that balance as yeah. well and you know include other people and enjoy everything enjoy everything and you know enjoy your work as well, but you have to have the balance between work and downtime, but you know, don't have your downtime, turn your brain into mush, you know, yeah, yeah. not necessarily. And you know, it, it, I'm, you know, I'm sure that mindless TV is, is great every once in a while. I still enjoy a good movie every once in a while. Hell, I watched cocaine bear. That was a damn good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you got to have that downtime for sure. For sure. I, I personally, enjoy at the end of the day i just li listen to like various kinds of co comedians and comedy shows there's this one mock them week and it's all about uh it's they're all very old like 10 15 years old it's just some british comedians taking the piss out of politicians and like one-liner type humor i just it, it's it is in a way mindless because i've i've watched it so many times but it allows you just it loops and it's humorous, so it's positive, and there's like the audience laughter sort sort of in there. And it's just, dude, I just listen to this, and you know, then I fall asleep in a chair, like in my yeah. in my chair, and then I'm ready to, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to have that sometimes. I think everything in moderation is is perfectly fine. You know, for me, it would it would get too much to where I'd just be veg in front of the TV. And yeah. I know a lot of people that do that with video games too. They spend way too much time sitting in front of there. So I think everything okay in moderation that you enjoy. So, yeah. but uh, you got to have the passion in there for sure. Well, thank you so much, bro, for this episode. I think we 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 definitely kept it positive. I know a lot of the the guests that i have on uh we we cover some pretty dark topics mm. so i i'm kind of i'm glad that we we can you know like you said it's it's light and dark you know what i mean yeah. it's it's both well that's the thing you got like you got to learn about this stuff you got to learn all the nasty bad awful stuff so then you can get angry make the change in your life not participate it and make a better life and then you won't have to worry about that shit anymore so exactly that's the way it goes exactly chris so please uh tell the folks listening where they can find you man yeah thanks again christian this was great always enjoy our conversation you can find Forbidden Knowledge News and the Forbidden Knowledge Network where we feature a, some great podcasts from our community like Raised by Giants, Day Zero, a bunch of other ones. Those are all on ForbiddenKnowledge.News. That's the website. Forbidden Knowledge News is always on all podcast platforms. Uh, sign up on Rockfin. That's where you get our premium content. 
We're also available on Rumble and Odyssey. And if you would like to help us with the documentary production, anything is greatly appreciated. I'm completely self-funded. We don't have big fancy boner pill sponsors or mattress <laughs> or anything like that. So I'm all I'm all self-funded. Any donations are greatly appreciated. It'll help us to bring you the epic content that's coming out in these documentaries. You can do that by going to supportfkn.com. Awesome, bro. We'll have those links down below. Thank you again so much, Chris. Thank you, brother.